See, the thing is, I sent you that message, and then I turned the lights off, and my brain immediately started turning gears, going, Oh, of course. What, it's the wrong day. <laughs> <laughs> what if I set an alarm for 2.30 a.m. for nothing? Hello, and welcome back to Dark Insight. It is... April the 5th. It's not March anymore. It's April now. Uh, and this is episode 104. I'm your host for the evening, afternoon, Brian Wade. And I am joined by the bad boy of podcasting, Charles Turner. Charles, hello. Uh, hello. Unfortunately, that's me. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and we are also joined by Cameron Swarbrick, returning guest. Hi. Hi. I'd like to raise a salient point. It's actually April 6th, and you're wrong. Um. <laughs> Listen, this podcast comes out on America time. <laughs> Fair enough. Because <laughs> we know the sun revolves around America. That's right. Oh, yeah. We're the most important. Jesus put it there 2,000 years ago when he founded the United States. <laughs> God, I just remembered like two years ago, I saw a tweet that was like, Happy 4th of July. I can't believe America's been around for 2016 years or something. <laughs> like, yeah, that was ah. extremely good. <laughs> The, the, those tweets like get they get the rounds every year. They're, oh, all, yeah. they're always very oh, funny. Yeah. <laughs> the, those I really like, and the other ones I really like are like when when it's Christmas and people get real mad that their parents didn't buy them an iPhone or whatever. Yeah, come on, <laughs> guys, it's Christmas. I, I just get a lot of Schadenfreude out of those. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's fair. <sighs> all right, all right. Let's talk about some news. We're here mm. to talk about the news. Mm. We're here to talk about video games we've been playing. Fun. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. We usually start with the news, so let's start with the news. Yep. Yep. Uh, Cameron, I hear, you, I hear you brought we've this. abolished the weather. Sorry. We, yeah, well, yeah. That's that's a, that's a, a Cassandra mandate, as stated last week. <laughs> Good. Okay. Making sure. Uh, but yeah, you uh, you have the first news story in here. Uh, why don't you tell us yeah. about Dwarf Fortress coming to Steam? Yeah, it's coming to Steam and also itch.io. Uh, but the big news here is it has graphics, it has mouse support, and it has tutorials. It's <laughs> <That's> pretty buck wild. <laughs> Yeah, pretty buck wild in Dwarf Fortress Land. You have no idea how accurate that statement is, actually. <laughs> there is there is a very dedicated community, and past that community are very anti-graphics. They believe everything should be in the ASCII <laughs> symbol setting, which is the standard format for Dwarf Fortress, and anything else is more or less heresy, because how can you see the code otherwise? Um, <laughs> but like, there, there was a little 16-second trailer. It's being published on Steam. Um, it looks really good. I love yeah, Dwarf I'm, Fortress. I'm, I'm looking I'm at this art, it. and it looks nice. Mm. It's yeah, extreme. I'm not great at it because I'm not great at the symbols. So, yeah, I heard. <laughs> <laughs> it's extreme RPG maker looking graphics. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. Because that's, like, the style of the game. So, But, like, for years, people have been doing graphics mods for it, and now they're going, hey, this is the official one. Uh, it will be for purchase on Steam. Normally, it's free to download on the creator's website. Uh, it would be for purchase on Steam to pay for things like publishing, art assets, and stuff like that. All the stuff they don't normally have to pay for. But and like... also health insurance, because they live in the hell country that is America. Yeah, exactly. I don't I don't want the two people creating this game to die before it's finished, and it probably won't be finished for another 200 years, so they better, <laughs> they better stay around. <laughs> but yeah, um, I, I think this is really good. It'll hopefully open it up to a much bigger audience. It seems like with graphics it will be the kind of game that is perfect 
for like small time popularity than cult following on Steam. Like you know, it's, it feels like a prison architect style of thing that will pop off hopefully because I really love the game and it should be more popular. Everyone should play it at least once, maybe. Yeah, this it's it's one of those games that like I have made a couple stabs at throughout the years, and it's like mm. for all the for all the time that I spend playing roguelikes and stuff like. Something about Dwarf Fortress, it is just too much for me. And, you know, I mean, maybe maybe graphics in a tutorial will help, help, work, help with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be fair, when I play, I use a PDF spreadsheet to help me. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of it's those like filthy a, casuals that doesn't like, do everything themselves. Yeah. <laughs> like playing so, online with your uh, spreadsheets. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought this was like a, re- like a recent made thing. Oh no! And so, it's been I, in seventeen years, since like two thousand four. Yeah. Well, that's and, yeah. Well, <laughs> what happened to it's Mordor? Old. Because I played a game <laughs> called Mordor, which was this exact mm. same thing with the okay, the little at symbols and all the whatnot. Mm. Mm. And then there was a fa- <laughs> is this like did they change the name because of licensing? Maybe because <laughs> Mordor. I don't know. Like Mordor a lot of roguelikes throughout maybe. the years have used ASCII art. Yeah, but it's the exact same thing. Like it's an adventure game because this you, it resets, doesn't it? You die, you start a game, right? Uh, it's kind of. You can play it in the adventure mode as a roguelike, or you can play it as kind of like a Civ slash Minecraft kind of thing. So, yeah, like the the most popular way. Um, yeah. Also, everyone calls it Dwarf Fortress, but I just love the official title, which is Slaves to Armok. God of Blood, Chapter 2, Dwarf Fortress. <laughs> Why is that the full name of the game? I don't know. Um. <laughs> uh, Charles, I, I did some research uh, on Mordor, mm. and I found a game called Mordor, The Depths of Dejanol. That is that the game right. that you're talking about? Sounds about right. Uh, yeah, it, it turns out that that is a game that was designed and released in 1995. This is on, you know, Wikipedia said it best. Uh, Despite its name, the game is not set in the Mordor realm of Middle-earth, created by J.R.R. Tolkien. <laughs> the game has an original backstory, largely confined to its documentation. Wow. <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah, so this is either uh, inspired by Mordor, uh, or the same guys, mm. I don't know. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure, yeah. The, like, like, like I said, like so many roguelikes and muds have used the ASCII mm. style and like the, this this kind of gameplay over the years that it's definitely it's definitely it wears its inspirations on the sleeve right oh yeah oh yeah also it's way easier to do than make actual graphics which is <laughs> sure. focus on the actual programming uh i mean <laughs> yeah. that, that's why like developer graphics is a thing like oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> Yeah, uh, but th- yeah, that's it. It's coming to a wider audience. It's no longer only available on a little half-hidden website with a launch you can't find half the time. Uh, yes, yeah, so maybe it'll be a, it'll it'll be people who game. aren't totally insane will play it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> I played a lot of Mordor. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, fair. I mean, fair. Maybe, maybe you'll like uh, Door Fortress. Maybe you could pick it up mm. when it comes out with yeah. graphics. You should, you should try, try it. it. Do it. It's it's a wonderful game. Because um. <laughs> one of the, the original version of Mordor, I don't, I believe there were no colors, so it was all black, black and mm. white. And yeah. then oh, they introduced wow, colors. So there was uh, colors added, added elemental. So like a capital G was uh, like a mm. ice giant and things like that. Yeah, the, yeah. Blue oh, capital cool. G. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Excellent. Cool. Okay, what's our next thing? Breath uh, of the Wild and Mario Odyssey VR? Or yeah. are we... Yeah, we'll do that. Uh, that. That's a thing that I figured that uh, we talked about the Labo uh, <laughs> VR a couple weeks ago. And Sorry, I just I just looked at the tweet and the ToyCon VR goggles now. <laughs> yep, the ToyCon <laughs> VR goggles. Uh, and, we, you know, Charles and I, uh, we spent a lot of time talking about how we weren't sure that this was for us. Um, mm. But mm. playing Mario Odyssey and Breath of the Wild in VR seems like it is for us. Yeah, I mean, fair. Those seems like they would be good VR games. I don't know if uh, <laughs> have either of you watched this video. I'm just I am watching, watching it, now. it right now. Yeah, okay. I did hear I mean, about it. Cute... Do you hold your hands up to the side of your face to control the game, or because it's got like the Joy-Con contri- controls on either side of it? I mean, I guess you <laughs> must have to, right? Because like the yeah. the Toy-Con VR doesn't have a strap, like so, like mm. you can't you can't strap it to your face the way that you can. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could you know like build a strap or whatever, but. I guess, mm. like, the idea would be that you would hold up to your face, um, which your arms are going to get real tired, man, like playing yeah. Breath of the Wild in VR when you have to hold the thing up to your face. I mean, just, like, uh, build some build some arm supports onto your chair, raise it up, like, an extra <laughs> 20 inches to make sure you can keep your arms up that long. Right. <laughs> Interesting. Oh. I'm... Um, because I, I knew that the Odyssey was going to be mini-games, so it's not playing the full mm. game. Yeah. Whereas... Um, Breath of the Wild of the is wild, yeah. just a full game, but yeah, it looks it like looks it's like not first person. It's not first no, person. It's, it's just a third person VR game, which is the weirdest thing to my brain because I've only ever done VR in first person. <laughs> yeah, um, I've I've played ones where you're like a god view or like a mm. above yeah, view. Yeah, like have yeah. you played Moss? Yes, uh, Moss is very good. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I what I the. Okay, uh, yeah. feeling I got that... from watching the Breath of the Mario. Wild thing. Mm. And it's free update for the games as well, so you don't have to purchase like a different version of the games at least. Which is cool. So that's good. Um, well, see, Breath of the Wild's more so it's just following you like normal, but I think it'll make it three d look 3D, which will be cool. Sure. Mm. Mm. Um, whereas the Mario minigame looked a little bit more like Moss, like you're a set view and Mario's running around yeah. in a 3D space yeah. in front of you. Which, hey, Mario, look, seeing a Mario world in 3D would be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, I can see why they did that, because, like, all the jumping and flipping you do in Mario Odyssey would probably be very um, motion, sick, motion sickness inducing in VR, yeah, I would imagine. If it was first person, for sure. Oh, God. That's even worse. Flipping no, Mario. Just, like, going up and down a bunch. Of, oh, God. I just. Do you know a game would be fantastic in a proper VR? Mm. Toad Treasure Tracker. Oh, actually, I can see not that. A bad idea. Yeah, It'd be amazing. Be able to, like look around the the levels, like yeah. as a treasure box or whatever. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Especially if it had proper like, um, like the move controllers where you can grab instead mm. of using buttons, you could like grab the scenery with like anchors and twist it. It'd be very nice. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. Hopes and dreams. But if they can, Nintendo, you can do it. If they're doing it for <laughs> Breath of the Wild, I'm sure they can do it for um, Treasure Tracker. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's that's more or less it. I just thought that was kind of a cool mm. thing, and like, yeah, I, for for all the talking I did about how the Labo VR wasn't for me, boy, I really want to play Mario Odyssey and Breath <laughs> of the Wild in VR. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, they're reeling you in. <laughs> they really are. They're they very tricking much are. you. 
I wonder if they'll actually release a, a proper headset as well. Going maybe if this goes okay. Mm. I, I mean, I'll just build yeah. my own like strap. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm yeah, not I mean, above fair. that. Yeah, yeah, can't be well, too hard. Yeah. <laughs> Just get some, just I guess there's a limited life. <laughs> Strap it to my face. There's limited life to the um, to the cardboard. Yeah, it, they are yeah. strong. The cardboard's pretty good, but there is still a yeah. limited life. I, I wonder if we'll see if Nintendo doesn't put out something more durable. If we'll see like a cottage well, industry fun. of like people on like Thingiverse making oh, making them yeah. out of like PO, you know PLU or whatever, whatever the injecting yeah. plastic is called. It'll be yeah. like all the custom controller companies will go, now we're making a <laughs> generic insert screen headset. <laughs> and look, it's, it's designed to fit the Switch perfectly. <laughs> yeah, uh, not the Switch, a generic tablet. Yeah. <laughs> roughly the exact dimensions of the Switch. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah. this is this this next piece of news is something that... Uh, Mm. Is is very close to my heart, uh, as y'all have yes, seen on Twitter the, uh, over the past couple of days. Um, yeah, all the piss talk. Yeah, pe- people are really <laughs> worried about this this Epic Game Store online, I guess. Um, and I can't really yeah. figure out why. <laughs> like, because spreadsheets, am... Brian. They make spreadsheets <gasps> with yes and no <laughs> <Spreadsheets>. on it. <laughs> I make spreadsheets for Dwarf Fortress. Do we? Should we not play Dwarf Fortress? Um, <laughs> no. Um... I, like, I understand I understand some of the reasons, but at the same time, I don't feel the, the best reasons. I don't know, like... The big thing, people are like, it's Chinese malware masquerading <laughs> as a Steam store. I'm like, <laughs> no, Chinese investors have invested in everything. They're the reason I can't buy a house yep. with real money <laughs> anymore. Um, this is just them doing that in the games industry, going, hey, this Epic is a profitable company. They're going to make a whole bunch of cool stuff. We want a slice of the pie. Them going, stop building the pie for us. Here's $333 million or whatever it was that they gave them. But like, that that's normal business stuff. Like... <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying it's great, but works. it is normal business stuff. Like, Yeah, it's, it's... I'm pretty sure Steam probably has outside investors that are not, you know, from the US. Yeah. So... <laughs> uh, the the thing that I feel like I see over and over is people are just... Like, and this is where this, is where this all started in our mm. conversation on Twitter, is that people are, ter- like, weirdly scared about playing games that are on Steam. Like, we haven't been doing that for years and years. Yeah. Yeah. I like... I don't, is, is the equivalent of having to leave your house to go to the arcade as opposed to just sitting down in your house? Like, I must, as you said, I must move my mouse slightly to the right. Right. Uh. Like, liter- literally on my on my Windows taskbar that I'm looking at right now, there's the Steam launcher, then the Battle.net launcher, and then the Epic Game Store. Like, uh, We don't want any strain injuries here, Brian. <laughs> oh, no. My wrist is going to get it's injured. I'm going to put on labor. light duty at work. oh god no it it feels like really overblown like i i understand not wanting to have a million different places to go to for your games which is why i'm primarily a console player if that's really your biggest issue buy a playstation or an xbox (laughs) never play anything that's not on those like me and be sad but if you want to play pc games live with the fact that there's not a universal gaming PC that everyone develops specifically for, because then it would just be a console. Right, and and the <laughs> and thing go, is, is that, like, before Steam came around. around, that's what we did. Like, 
Mm. You just installed your games on your computer. You didn't yeah. like there was no launcher. And like I, th- this is me speaking as someone who owns over fifteen hundred Steam games. Like I get it. <laughs> like it's really convenient to have to just be able to open up Steam and be like, oh, I can play basically whatever I want. But like it's mm. not that big of a, like I play Destiny all the time on PC, and that's not on Steam. Yeah. Like yeah, exactly. I play I play Magic Arena on on, on PC all the time, and that's not on Steam. Like it's not that big of a deal, guys. Yeah. Well, and even better, Steam is, uh, aren't no holy angels who are doing the world oh, no, a kind no. service. Right. There's been lots of controversy and drama around Steam, and they've made improvements. Oh, yeah. But the number yeah. one thing that's good about this Epic's, I don't know much about it. I don't care about PC gaming mm. that much. But <laughs> it's it's competition. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I, I hate me some Xbox right now. <laughs> <laughs> they've done me a, a, a lot of disservice and I'm not happy with them but I'm glad like, they exist like giving you so many free consoles right well, yeah. <laughs> that don't get used like one's literally sitting at a 45 degree angle next to my mum's TV in her, in her lounge because <laughs> oh it was used God. once um, to play a Blu-ray for her and then it was just shoved yeah. out but anyway um, it's competition competition yeah. is always yeah. better for any industry because yeah. it will make Steam be better, and it will make Epic yeah, be better. Yeah. And specifically, this is going to be good for developers, because reading that article that I put in the news section, uh, Steam takes a 30% revenue cut, and the Epic Game Launcher takes a 12% yeah, cut. So that's why developers are going to it, because... And I think that's a big deal. Like, it's it's great that mm. like, there's competition on that front, like where these developers mm. like are able to make more money off of the games that they sell. Like... It, the, yeah. the the 30% has been an industry standard like since the iTunes store like became a thing mm. and like there's really mm. no reason for it like yeah. 30% is w- was just whatever arbitrary number the Apple picked that they decided they could get away with and <laughs> mm. now yeah. everyone does and that and everyone went from there yeah. which it, it's a crazy percent as well if you think about it like a full third of everything you make off this game before profit right. like they take revenue not profit right is going straight to the place where the game is stored. I'm like, that's a lot. That is... <laughs> yeah, and I mean, like, you know, like, in, in, in Steam's case, like, they do, like, handle all of your patches and, like, mm. give you the server space to store the game and whatever, but, like, so is Epic. Epic's doing that same thing. Yeah. So if, uh, they, can, I, if they can run it I imagine of, Epic uh, will raise their cart prices. I think this is a, a grab technique to entice mm. developers. Sure. I imagine it will go up, but yeah, it is. It's good because if it drives and makes it cheaper for developers to sell, then potentially um, they can choose to sell games for slightly less. Um, yes, <laughs> which I don't know will happen, nice. but you know what I mean. Like it's it it, it gives more mm. freedom for the industry. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, normally I'm not all about capitalism, but this is this is the kind of place <laughs> where competition was sorely needed, and so I'll take it. <laughs> It was kind of shitty with the Metro Exodus thing, I guess, but like, <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I, I guess kind of shitty, but also like, it's not like they're not honoring the pre-orders yeah, that have been exactly. placed for Metro Exodus. Like, mm. I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know that I see that as that big of a deal. What happened? Yeah, I, uh, like, I, if I don't know, other people um, don't know. Do you just want to cook? Yeah. So, <laughs> so um, Metro Exodus was up for pre-order on Steam for about a year. And then three weeks before release, they announced, hey, we're doing six months or a year of exclusivity on the Epic Game Store. 
But if you've already pre-ordered on Steam, we'll still let you download it and play it now. But if you haven't already pre-ordered on Steam, you're planning on buying it later, you've got to wait the exclusivity period out first. Unless you just use our launcher, because it's there. Hey, look, it's right there. Hey, weird. Hey. Um, <laughs> it's, it's slightly to the right. I feel... <laughs> yeah, it's just slightly <laughs> to the right. Uh, I feel... I feel it would have been... I understand why it happened, because of, like, time flows in a straight line and we can't go backwards. If they jumped back and gone at the at the announcement Metro Exodus, gone, hey, just so you know, on PC, it's going to be on this place for six months first, then everywhere. Yeah. But because it was, like, literally two or three weeks before launch, everyone freaked the fuck out. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is a bit stink. Um, I, I guess some large sums of money changed hands to 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 change the <laughs> exclusivity, uh, but that's that's yeah, game business. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's that's how the the cookie crumble. Hey, if you don't want all this nonsense about money, uh, seize the means of production and become your own game developer. <laughs> um, yep. <laughs> Or, you know, yeah, just, just seize the means of production and hold game developers hostage. Please don't do that. <laughs> don't. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, Brian, tell me tell me about Xbox Live and Game Pass becoming one thing, because I know nothing about Xbox yeah. at any point at this point in my life. <laughs> yeah, so I, just, I actually just saw this uh, when we were talking about one of the other articles. I just happened to see this mm. in the sidebar. Um, so, right now, Microsoft does uh separate um subscriptions for xbox live and game pass so x if if, mm. if you just want xbox live that's like 60 dollars a year or 15 dollars a month or whatever their tiers are um yeah or, you, you know obviously you save you save money if you pay if you pay yearly rather than uh yeah. month month yeah. to month um <clears throat> and game pass is just a straight 10 dollars a month like if you if you have game pass you're paying 10 dollars a month for game pass there's no yearly subscription to that mm. or whatever um, so I guess along the, uh, alongside the Xbox one S all digital edition, that's supposed to be coming out, uh, <laughs> later this month or oh, next yeah. month, um, Microsoft yeah. is rumored to be announcing that they're going to have a package of game pass and Xbox live gold called Xbox game pass ultimate that will be $15 a month. And I don't know if that means that they're going to just have that just be straight, a straight $15 a month the way that. Uh, mm. the way that Game Pass works now, or if you'll be able to also sign up for a yearly subscription for that for that for a cheaper price. But it's a, I, th- I think that's an interesting yeah. thing. Like that, that's that's probably the best best way for them to go about this. Yeah, I mean, not not saying PlayStation did it first. But <laughs> basically, I mean, sort it's, of. It's just PlayStation Plus style. You get your monthly games and you get your online features. Yeah, but but like ga- Game Pass is. is Game Pass is more like if you have like a PlayStation Now subscription, right? Like, because oh, okay, Game yeah. Pass is the that Game Pass is the thing that gets you like like I have Game Pass and means that I don't have to pay. I didn't have to buy Halo or like Sea of Thieves or whatever. Like those game okay. those games are just available on Game Pass. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's pretty good then. I would I would take it if I had an Xbox. Yeah, I mean, like I I I think like in in the long run, probably probably a better plan uh, than having the two separate mm, subscriptions, mm. which I cr- oh, think, yeah. think is pretty stupid. Despite uh, I, right now, I don't pay for Xbox Live Gold because I don't really play online on the Xbox. Mm, um, so I mm. just pay I just pay for the Game Pass, which that that part is nice that you don't have to pay for both. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What if you get them for free still? Do, what? Do you think it's going to cancel? I get both for free. <laughs> oh. 
like uh, well i'm sure they're not going to get rid of the individual like the separated plans mm. so just don't well, tell I'd anybody don't know. yeah <laughs> i don't know why but i still like i haven't paid for it and it just still keeps giving me the games for free not that i ever turn it on <laughs> um, and actually use them yeah i mean like it's probably just one of those things yeah just just don't mention it and they might forget you exist <laughs> i think that's what's happened <laughs> keep giving you free stuff <laughs> God, it's like the the inverse of those horror stories where you know, like my grandparents tried to change their cable plan t- ten years ago and didn't realize they didn't actually cancel the first one, and now owe like five hundred thousand dollars to cable subscription oh, or whatever. It's the inverse of that. It's Charles. <laughs> yeah. Charles disappeared under the radar and now has his giant pile of games. Well, or, or <laughs> he he's thinks given. he's disappeared under the radar, but Microsoft is coming for mm. him one day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, God. God forbid, uh, Microsoft shows up with a crowbar at your house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'll probably knowing Microsoft, they'll probably cancel the order for for the crowbar and just turn up without it. <laughs> you must pay five ninety nine to get the crowbar. <laughs> oh god! Cool. Yeah. yeah so that's uh, that's yeah, more or less yeah, the news. Great, wonderful. I don't know. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't see anything else I'm that sure really really hit my uh, fancy. <laughs> Um, oh, uh, mm. I guess this is a little bit old at this point, um, but I'm just going to say it. Uh, the Master Chief Collection is coming out on PC, um, which I'm pretty excited about <laughs> as a as a fan of Bungie games. Um, That's fair. Get to play the God. get to play the original Halo games on PC again. Yeah, some of them never I never before on PC. I have a I have a thumb drive somewhere here with Halo on PC. <laughs> so I, Halo Halo for PC has been on my external hard drive like for ten years. Yeah, at this point, <laughs> God, that that was so good. That was like my early to all through high school. Just at lunch, we'd have Halo on thumb drives <laughs> and take them into the laptops oh, yeah? at the library. It was so good. Oh man! Except we had also like a really cracked, bad demo version of the um, God, what's that second mission where you land on the island? I can't remember the uh, name, but you know yeah, the one. The, something cowboy, right? Yeah, yeah. It was it was that level as a demo, but instead of a warthog, it spawned a banshee, and whenever you fired the pistol, it just dropped a live grenade at your feet. <laughs> <laughs> it was awful, but it was at the same time wonderful. Uh, God, no, now I've got to get a good PC because I now want to go back and. Uh... Enjoy that. Yeah, hell yeah. Halo doesn't. Yeah. Halo doesn't um, stand the test of time. That's not true. It's good. Uh, the game. The level designs. Just want to zone out and play Halo. <laughs> uh, Flawless Cowboy <laughs> is the name of that, by the way. Flawless Cowboy. Yeah, that was it. Good times. Yeah. Uh, I was. I was actually just reminiscing in my head earlier about uh, the <laughs> some of the early the Halo One multiplayer maps. Uh, Hang 'em high, like is maybe the high mark of multiplayer map design for me. That like I don't understand mm. why Bungie doesn't still make maps as good as that. It hurts yeah, my feelings. Yeah, see, we're gonna go on a slight spiel here. My favorite map in all of Halo is Blood Gulch, well, sure, not sure. because it's the classic one, but because my only memory of Halo, Halo multiplayer, because most of it was done at about this time in the morning, actually, <laughs> <laughs> was couch co-op with my friends. We started. You know, started a multiplayer match together on Blood Gulch. Shields, 0%. Movement speed, 300%. Jump as high as it can go. (laughs) And only weapons allowed are shotguns. You start one person on each base. You run and jump towards the middle of the map. And for the three frames that you can see each other and in shotgun range, you have to try and kill the (laughs) other person. It's shotgun jousting. It was amazing. That sounds excellent. It was so good. (laughs) 
Uh, those were the days. <laughs> so yeah, I, I very much look, look forward to getting those games on PC. Mm, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so let's uh, let's talk about some video games that we've been playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cameron, you're the guest. Why don't, you, why don't you start? Yeah, sure. Uh, well, Vader and I have already been talking about this all week, so we'll just continue yeah, the absolutely. conversation. That <laughs> was really good. Sekiro's really good. Um, <laughs> Brian, I'm sorry, okay, but it it's is. Okay, you can talk about uh, it. It's fine. It's just it, it just might not be yeah, for you, that's and that's all right. Not everything has to be for all of us. Um, so I've what? nearly beaten the game. <laughs> yeah, look, Vader, don't you know everyone has to have my same opinion on everything? <laughs> <laughs> that's how it should go. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to try and avoid any major spoilers. If I accidentally let something slip, uh, just just in post, put the really loud beeping yep. noise over it. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I've nearly finished the game. I'm on the final boss plus the final optional boss. And the game's been really good so far. I've had a great time. I did clean the house for literally four hours on Thursday instead of facing either of those bosses again. <laughs> I went... I could finish Sekiro, or I could just turn my brain off and clean, and I said, you know what, that actually sounds better after two weeks of doing nothing but playing Sekiro. <laughs> um, but it's it's beautiful, it has amazing level design, combat's really fun, uh, enemy variety has kept up really well throughout the whole game, which is great. Uh, story's been fun and interesting, the bosses are lovely, I'm being so generic about this, but... um. For those in the know, monkeys are my favorite enemy in any video game now. <laughs> of all varieties. Um, Vader, actually, here's, here's a good point. This is not technically a spoiler. Hey, Vader, have you done a monkey battle royale yet? Oh, yeah. You, the, the One of the tools, you can stand above them and just yeah use the tool and yeah, they go wild. You can um, make animals go crazy and start attacking everything. And there's just one spot, again, minor spoilers, where there's... I counted, there's about 22 monkeys sitting in a group, like, you know, groomy each other and stuff, and you just sit up there, you go, and they go fucking nuts. It's amazing. I did feel <laughs> a little bit bad doing it, but I had to see how it would work. <laughs> well, see, the first time I just jump attacked one and then frantically spammed firecrackers the whole time trying to survive being shot at and stabbed at and clawed at by 22 monkeys. Um, so I, I, I got the jumping mm. death blow at that point. Yeah, and they're the only yeah. ones I've ever been able to do it on. The monkeys jump a lot. So you just keep jumping and, and hitting R one, and you just get death blows uh, after death blows. <laughs> that's, uh, that's I have fun. that. I can never make it work. So yeah, <laughs> with the monkeys, it's the easiest. It's the only one that it works on, as far as I can tell. Uh, I'm like I've heard people say it works on certain mini bosses, but I keep trying it on them, and I keep getting my yeah, you just my get face hurt. beaten in for yeah. it, and like no, nah, no. Nah. Um, yeah, so Vader, in as non-spoilerish a manner as possible, what's your favorite thing about Sekiro? Everything. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> I joked with Brian after um, last mm. last week's podcast, and I'll say it now because he said I should have said it on the podcast. I have this like mm. BDSM relationship with Sekiro. <laughs> Vader, no. What will your wife think? <laughs> I told her about it afterwards after I finished recording and she cracked up laughing. It's like, oh, is that how you like it? <laughs> um, but like, like I want it to, it punishes me, but I love it for it. <laughs> oh, and to be honest, I don't know that much about BDSM to be fair, but I know yeah. the basics okay, of it. <laughs> I can, 
I know enough. Give you an introductory course. Um, I can mail over some gags or something if you really want some for the game to put on you. Alright, so it stands for bondage. I know. I know this much. Dominate is D, I believe. Yep. Yep. Are we writing? Are we writing the first child's book of BDSM? Uh, my first BDM. Do, do, do you know what S and M stand for? Um, sub- submission. No, no, no. Sadism. Um, it, it's sadism. What? And, and like getting pleasure from hurting someone. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is what Sekiro gets yeah, out like of you. Sad- yes. And then the right? other one is sadism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then M is for masochism, which is your side of the yeah. equation. <laughs> <laughs> which is. Where you yeah. enjoy it when when Daddy Sekiro hurts you with the paddle. <laughs> like this thing, I'll I'll get like I'll I'll get real angry at certain. I'm like, this is impossible, and then I'm like, oh, that was easy. Mm. <laughs> like as soon as yeah. it clicks, it really does click. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like for me, that's been. I keep finding. I kept finding spots where it's like, God, fuck, fuck this. I can't. I can't do this. And then I like I switch off for twenty minutes. I watch Allison play it on YouTube <laughs> and go, oh, she's way better at things than me. This is how she did it. And I go, I'll just do that. I've not spoiled myself because I only watched the bits that, I ha- that I've that i done and yeah, I yeah. know I can't beat. But it's like, if, if, she, she, if she can do it, surely I, after watching her do it, can figure it out. And it usually takes still like another 20 minutes, but I eventually get there. Um, yeah, because you gotta you gotta then learn that technique or, or ability or strat- yeah, strategy yeah. to that boss. Um, this I don't want to get into the difficulty debate because <laughs> I, I, it'd be great if people could get into it who find it too hard. But I, yeah. I'm really impressed with the amount of variety of options and tools you have to tackle mm, enemies. Yeah, the, yeah. The game does not spoil it. There's one of the there's one of these samurai guys. Um, and just like plain samurai clothes, not armor, that yeah. you fight, and it's a mini boss, and he's extra- his his technique is the quick draw with the double slash. Yeah, oh and god, I remember that fucking guy. Extremely <laughs> quick, and you can mm. learn the timing and get the double tap. Yeah. Not not parry. zombie land double tap. It's the double tap parry. <laughs> uh, mm. You can get that down, and you can beat him reasonably easily. But if you stuff it up, you he almost one shots you, depending oh, yeah. on what. What yeah. level? But one of the tools is a really cool fan shield. That, ah, and if you use yeah, that, yeah. he becomes quite trivial. See, so, I also beat him with a tool, but I used an entirely different tool. Uh, so, how cool is that though? You do, yeah, is you can also just sidestep him and hit him five, five times with the poison dagger, and then just wait for half his health to go away, <laughs> then do that three more times to beat him. See, <laughs> I've never been able to get the poison dagger to work uh, enough. Like, uh, it's just one. I love the idea of it. Mm, um, mm. more more of a short sword than a dagger, but yeah. Um, yeah, true. Yeah. It's it's like, the dual um, wielding of um, two katanas and and Dark yeah. Souls two or yeah. three. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, also, I felt really rewarded for it because there is an area in the game where it just breaks that entire area and makes it the easiest area in the game. Oh, really? And yeah, I realized that because I read its item description. It says, uh, you know, it, it's from back when when they had to kill this specific type of thing, and then I went into oh, a new that's... area. I was like. Isn't this that specific type of thing? And I hit it once with the dagger, instantly poisoned, staggered into the uh, into the death blow. I'm like, oh my god, this area is now trivial. 
Um. Ah, very cool. But that's yeah. the thing. Like, I know it's it, it, there is something said to making things more accessible, and I've got no problem if they if they were to add an easy mode um, mm. on on that. Someone suggested on Twitter um, that doing a new game minus one, and I think that would oh, be the best way to do that'd it. Be interesting. Although um, someone has actually modded in a sort of easy mode where they've done a mod to change field of view and frame rate on the PC version, right? But included in that toolkit is enemy speed and your speed. So you can lower the enemy's animation speed and heighten your animation speed so you attack really fast and the enemies attack really slowly. Um, oh, funny. Um, for some kind of weird easy, easy mode, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's that's the power of PC, I guess, and mods. Mm. <laughs> I, I don't know, but for me, I actually find the enemies the enemies that attack slower. I have a harder time. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> God, like well, the delay. It's like I have a swing. My my favorite thing some like mini bosses and certain higher tier enemies do is when you swing towards them, but you decide to pull back at the last second. They go to block and then pull back their block and immediately attack when they see that you're pulling back back your attack and trying to block. I, and it's like, what are we doing? This this game of it stance. feels like fighting a real person because like they, they're switching their stances really quickly and stuff as well. Well, that's a good point. Yeah. Like I've I've started mm. to notice that we're they will yeah stop their swing to to block um if you go to swing mm. and it's it's, yeah. it's very impressive um that that i guess the the, the dance of sword fighting <laughs> that we're doing mm. uh, it's yeah. very well done yeah and when apparently you, it's totally historically inaccurate but it looks cool so <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it's a game like i think the yeah, game exactly i think the gameplay <clears throat> of being about death blows is the way you beat enemies does suit the style of sword fighting because katana yeah. you you're either dead or you win or you die yeah yeah um, absolutely and so yes it is like, it is gamified but i i mm. think it suits that very yeah. high risk combat yeah. that was the katana yeah yeah absolutely so also there's something i want to talk about which i've been talking about with in real life friends about the game is I have a thing where when I'm fighting a boss for a long time, as in I'm doing multiple runs, I can feel myself literally getting better, which is something I never really had with previous From games. Like, th there came a point where I was fighting a certain boss and I'd been doing it basically over a weekend on and off. And it was like this, it was like Monday morning. I was like, give it one try before I go to work. And he seemed to be moving really slowly all of a sudden. And I was like, yeah, oh, this, this is super easy. And I beat him in one go. And then I went back and I watched a video of someone fighting the same boss at the same speed and everything. It's like, what the... F this guy's so fast. Like, did I literally... You start... It feels like my brain starts working ahead to, like, predict moves and stuff. And, like, I can feel myself learning, which is super rewarding. Um, I don't know if you've had the same... <laughs> oh, for sure. Then that's... Yeah. To be honest, that's how I feel about all um, FromSoft games, all Dark Souls. Um, I've mm. said it a few times on Twitter. Uh, the Flame Lurker is a classic example I remember is ah, yeah. extremely hard in Demon Souls. <laughs> but the last time I played Demon Souls, I beat him with a dagger. Oh man. Like, uh, you make me feel bad about my Demon Souls playthrough. And then <laughs> I just used magic. <laughs> and same thing oh, with <laughs> the Tower Knight. Like he was terrified. Mm. Is the Tower Knight the one with the in Big Shield? Uh, yeah. That's what he was called, wasn't it? He was terrifying, and I just beat him the first couple of times, just hiding in the in the castle doorways and shooting arrows mm. at him. Mm. 
But again, in the yeah. last time I played, I went in knowing how to move and play. I dodged around his feet and took his ankles out with the dagger. Mm. Um, yeah. And so I, I feel like there's a big level of that is that as a player, I'm getting better at their games. Um, and I, yeah. do, I do enjoy yeah. that. Um, yeah. I mean, that said, I'm on the last boss and like <laughs> it's a dick. the whole game to time my parrying, I've been like looking at enemies' hands as they move. The thing is, half his animations are so fast. Like, I can feel myself getting better at reading them, but half of them are so fast, I can barely see his hands move because just, I'm just not used to them after a couple of hours of trying him. And I'm like, yeah. he's so... It, to be fair, it's, like, it's a cool feeling because it feels like, oh man, he's so far above me. Like, this is, this is meant to be the skill difference in sword fighting or whatever between the two characters, I guess. But, like, it's ridiculous. Like, probably the environment the boss fight is in doesn't help very much with that. But at the same time, it's like... Sometimes he does stabs that look like sweeps or sweeps that look like stabs. I'm like, oh, God, my head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I am a bit worried about that. But at the same time, I've got past all the other hurdles um, yeah, in the game. Yeah, like, I, I feel I can do it. It's just going to take work. And I feel at the end I will be a better player. Also, at the end, I might never play Sekiro again because this one doesn't seem so replayable as previous From games. But oh, I don't know. I'm I'll probably block. do a new game plus. From I'm, I'm looking forward to new game plus. There are some things yeah. I want to try. <laughs> um, mm. And I do want to get all the endings. Yes, I kind of want to platinum this one. I've not platinum a From Software game before, so <laughs> I, I except three. I've done them all. Oh, not Demon Souls because that. That bloodstone, whatever yeah, it's yeah. called, bladestone. <laughs> oh god! Don't talk to me about bladestone. <laughs> I'm not. Bo- I'm not bothering with that. I tried for so long, <laughs> never found any. Uh, yeah. All right, Brian. Brian, are you ready to come back into the room? I'm ready. We're, I'm done, ready. we're done talking about Japanese swordsman. <laughs> oh, am I? Can I just talk about how cool the okay. world is? All right. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm going to step cool. out again. Go ahead. No, no. But the environments, Brian, even you can agree that they're great. <laughs> well, it's, I, don't, I don't think it's a spoiler, but just I love how, how um, the world, just like Bloodborne, yeah, you know, like the Bloodborne world changes, mm. there's different time periods. Yeah, yeah. They, they play with that and this. Um, yeah. And I it's think just... Dave said something earlier. It's like, was it always snowing here? I'm like, no. <laughs> Apparently, we got into winter somewhere along the way. <laughs> Well, that's what I thought, but my brother said, no, it was always snowing there. <laughs> no, it definitely wasn't, I remember. <laughs> I remember there not being snow on that particular area with, um, again, no spoilers if you don't know what we're talking about, but the woo man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, see, it was sunny then. I knew it. It was sunny then, and now it's all snowy and, like, dark and, like, ugh. Well, yeah, then the, yeah, the, day, the day, time of day changes as well. Um, mm. But they add new items back in, because they didn't do that in Bloodborne, yeah. did they? No, no, like, as areas change over time and, like, enemy patterns in there get redone, like, new enemies show up and new items are, like, just placed around the world. So, and yeah. That, that's definitely. super cool. And another thing I think's really cool, um, upgrade materials, they're rarer mm. to start off with to slow your progression and upgrading, which is fair. Mm. Um, yeah. But I've noticed that just normal enemies, like, I went back through the starting areas and the normal enemies yeah. were dropping some of the rarer not the rarest, but some of the, the mm. mid- middle tier upgrade materials is just yeah. quite common drops without any yeah, boosts. Yeah. I have none of the the boosts on, and yeah, and I think that's really mm. cool that they allow you yeah. to um, 
I guess make life easier that you can actually go back yeah. and, and grind yeah. easy areas rather than just hard areas to get those rarer items mm. okay that's good I hadn't noticed because by the time that happens presumably I'd already bought the two skills to boost item drops um, no but... see I hadn't I hadn't and I wasn't using the, the Mibu balloons oh, those are so fun though and just pop your little balloon and it splashes all colored water on you and it's like you've got better item drops or better gold drops or that, better um spirit emblem drops I, I do very much like the item um animations in this <laughs> oh, actually there's again not really a spoiler there's an interaction you know there's that old lady who's always praying uh and she asks you to pray with her if you pop a mibu balloon next to her because you pray to do it like you clap it between your praying hands she will actually reward you for that oh cool she says yeah she's like yeah yeah that's how you pray here have a candy and it's like <laughs> oh that is cool would you like some candy is that the Down rice lady Samurai you mean is yeah that, yeah the yeah. rice lady oh that's mm. really cool i probably can't do it now <laughs> she's probably gone but probably <laughs> but yeah no good game okay brian brian come back in okay i'm back hello <laughs> sorry brian i apologize sekiro it's okay. sekiro's gone away to the corner <laughs> We're gonna, we're gonna put Sekiro in the corner. We'll tie, yeah, we'll tie him up. Vader anymore. <laughs> we'll tie him. <laughs> Charles, no. <laughs> All right, Char- Charles, you want to take a break while Cameron and I talk about Destiny? <laughs> sure. We'll, yeah. In your foreign language of random words and names and places. Oh God! Oh fuck! He's selling Guizen. <laughs> oh God! Oh fuck! Um, Cameron, tell me, tell me what you've been doing in Destiny lately. Um, not a huge amount, because again, Sekiro has devoured like the last two weeks, but I have dipped my toes into the sort of warm, deep pool that appears to be Season of the Drifter, uh, mm-hmm. and I like it so far. Uh, I think, honestly, my thoughts on some of the changes were actually best summed up by a Penny Arcade comic of all things, where um, <laughs> one of them is like, yeah, no, it's really great. You know, in Gambit Prime, they only make you lose one round before you lose the whole game, so you can get so many more games <laughs> in. It's like aren't people meant to win statistically like no no there's no winning here (laughs) um but yeah no gambit prime is really cool i like that it's easier to get through because like gambit can feel like a big time investment for three full rounds and also in terms of my internet it's three full rounds with a chance for something to go wrong with my internet (laughs) and kick me out halfway through whereas if it's just one round it's fine um Yeah, I haven't really gotten into any of the role stuff because I haven't been able to find time or people to do a reckoning uh, activity yet, but that seems like it'll be cool. And I think the idea is you do those and you get gear, armor gear for Gambit Prime to yeah, help you with certain... Yeah, yeah, that's where you get the armor that has the, the Gambit Prime-specific perks. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Um, but yeah, it's fun. I like that um, it gives you it gives like stages to the primeval fights at the end just to slow things down because like all throughout Gambit previously it's been like oh man we're so close to summoning our primeval but the enemy team just summoned theirs and it's been five seconds and it died and they won the game yeah uh, so I, f- I feel like there's a, as much as I say it's faster to lose Gambit now there's also maybe a chance I could one day win Gambit um. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's slightly more balanced than a regular Gambit I, I still yeah. think that 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 gambit as a as a game mode has like some design issues with yeah. uh, with the way that just it, it, it's really it's just a problem with the way that supers work in Destiny Two. Mm. Um, mm. Is that like if if you were using the right combination of supers and the right combination oh, yeah. of heavy weapons, you just instantly melt the boss. Yeah, yeah. See, I I can do that, but for ad clearing, <laughs> like in yeah. Gambit, 
I am the world's best ad killer because all I ever run is Night Stalker with the uh, Orpheus rigs. <laughs> okay, yeah, perfect. Because that's my favorite way what's, to play uh, is big group of enemies, bang, bang, bang. Uh, <laughs> what's your What's your favorite gun? Ooh, see now this is a difficult question. I'm always a fan of the um, what was what was the Halloween auto rifle? Oh, uh, the um, horror story. Horror story is always lots of fun. Uh, yeah. But recently, I've been really loving the um. You're gonna be sad about this because it's, it's the PlayStation exclusive uh, trace rifle. Oh, the, the wave uh, splitter. Wave splitter. Yeah, I'm very is, jealous of that gun. It is super fun. Um, just, I, I feel like I don't understand how to use it properly because it, it, there's like meant to be a point where you stop firing to let it keep the high damage level and then just burst fire at that, basically. Sure. Uh, but also, if you just put it on a boss's head and hold down the trigger, it just melts <laughs> them. <laughs> so, like, I don't know why I need to try and moderate myself. I can just hold down the trigger till I run out of ammo. Um lot of fun uh and then for heavy weapons i'm so happy machine guns are back because i miss them so it's much because so they were they were the best weapon in destiny one and then Agreed. they weren't there for destiny two uh thunderlord is amazing uh hey it's also coming back uh like next week yeah i saw that i think yeah, people so will be you, able to get it yeah uh guaranteed you the quest again. you can get it guaranteed yeah exactly yeah, that's so having to rely on drops um thunderlord's great the black armory machine gun is also fantastic i got one rolled with i think it was rampage and the the longer you hold down the trigger the more stable it gets oh yeah which yeah. is pretty good um <laughs> it's pretty good um and yeah i, I know i like that I do really like Gambit because it lets me use a wide variety of things. Like, if I decide this match, I'm not even going to bother invading. I just put on Horror Story, I put on Thunderlord, and I put on usually a fusion rifle. Uh, has, the has, old uh, Vanguard has anyone introduced you to the, the, the cult of Telesto? I mean, Telesto is besto. Um, it's it's besto. <laughs> it's Cameron, besto. I have the, I have the uh, catalyst for it, and... Oh. It's Man. unbelievable how good that gun is with the catalyst. God. I gotta get that eventually. Um, yeah, the problem then... is, is you have to run Prestige Eater of Worlds to get it. Yeah, which uh, fuck that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like uh, when when I'm not using baseline Telesto, my my poor man's Telesto. Uh, I use the <laughs> I think it was last season's Vanguard Pinnacle weapon with the fusion rifle that does the explosion. Yeah, the uh, loaded that question. Max yeah loaded question which is really fun i kind of just wish it applied to every shot instead of me having to switch away for five <laughs> seconds that's that's why I you need to play to a titan a yeah you can just throw yeah, up your rally go. barricade and then every single shot is the explosive oh, shot god that'd be beautiful um it's amazing <laughs> yeah but i'm but i'm a hunter i'm stuck as a hunter uh, terrible <laughs> i'm one of those awful people uh, <laughs> uh but then you know if i want to do pvp in gamma if i want to start invading i can throw on i've got a couple of good pulse rifles i've got a really good nightshade actually i can't remember the exact role off the top of my head but it is basically a laser pointer um yeah. what's what's your best blast furnace i don't have one i've <gasps> tried and i still haven't found one i'm like come on yeah, i have a no, i have so... an outlaw rampage one that i absolutely adore <sighs> god that's sickening <laughs> <laughs> just good good god one day i'll get a blast furnace and really go to town but like no it's really good um they're making some adjustments to gambit prime actually i think the big thing is primeval healing from invasion kills is going down by about yes, a quarter which is good. Yep. which is good because we were heavily losing a gambit prime match and i extended it by about three minutes by just invading every time as possible killing two people then getting one shot by someone with a sniper yep. rifle <laughs> yep that's the uh, because... that's the big problem with gambit prime right now actually yeah 
Yeah. <laughs> it's like, if you invade, you're basically guaranteeing that they can't kill the boss as long as you can kill more than two people, which yep. is not that hard when everyone's focused on sitting in a circle to defeat the boss. Um, <laughs> like, I, I've had I've had some good times. It, it's good because it makes me feel alright at PvP, which makes me yearn for my glory days of Destiny 1. Um... <laughs> back when i was actually good at pvp but i got i've gotten bad at it unfortunately yeah, so me gambit, too. man gambit's where i live yeah i'm <laughs> I, I used to like like run run the the house on crucible and destiny mm. one but oh god yeah not not, I not did, uh, destiny two <laughs> I, th- I think i went 36 and zero once in like the Ooh. first couple of months of destiny one it was in to be fair i was using blade dancer and a sniper rifle so it probably yeah. was cheating technically um <laughs> Back in the days when Blade Dancer was beautiful and beyond powerful with the invisibility buffs. Um, <laughs> God, that was so good. Oh. Anyway, yeah. Um, enough, enough Destiny 1. We're not playing that right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I did boot it up a couple weeks ago and run around. Yeah, it. yeah. I've been, I've been thinking good. about like re-downloading it. Yeah, because like, it, it, it was a very good game by the end. Uh, yeah. It was a very good game at the start as well before we realized it wasn't as big as we thought it was um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah uh i've not dipped my toes into like all the vanguard versus drifter kind of stuff apart from reading some of the law stuff which i find really interesting i don't trust a group of a group of warlocks who say hey we're the praxic fire alliance and we should burn this cancer out of the city or whatever they're talking about like that doesn't seem trustworthy at the same time the drifter's the drifter and he's shady as hell the, the uh, drifter's shady as hell but there's some stuff with the drifter yeah uh, with yeah. the vanguard vanguard like th- there's a reason he's there yeah yeah absolutely and i'm sure i will uncover that properly by doing the yeah. actual content instead of playing sekiro all day long <laughs> no nah, just play sekiro God. Oh, no don't tempt me <laughs> oh. <laughs> feel you, you said that i felt my hands curl into like a controller shape instinctively and i hate myself uh <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah no it it's good uh i think because inter- interesting enough so next week's going to be the arc week so they're yes, putting all the, the arc subclass buffs thunderlord's coming back arc subclass buffs they're doing all the um all the arc buffs for the strikes and stuff so that'll be fun and like god just destiny 2 is good is yeah. what i'm gonna say like i don't have the best internet connection and i can't always find time to play but when i do and i do go on there is always something to do which is like given the last four years of history with destiny one and two like that's incredible yeah like i remember before taking king where you know like during um house of wolves or dark below you would log on it's like what do we do it's like well we've already done the nightfall and we've tried to do the raid there's really not anything else to do this week um (laughs) you know destiny 2 after forsaken you log on it's like here's your 53 things you can do to get a good gear (laughs) how how many powerful gears do you want this week you can have all of them (laughs) yeah if you work for it you get the rewards which is great it's a it's a great game and like mm. i know i i know i I talk about it a lot (laughs) and that's why like i try to kind of cut myself off sometimes yeah because all i do is play destiny all the fucking time yeah yeah i know I miss that, like, one week in the lead-up to Christmas, though, where it was like, this is the exotic drop week. It's never been officially confirmed, yeah. but it feels like that was what it was. Because it was I got, <laughs> I Look, I got six exotics in two and a half days, like, as world drops. They just fell onto the floor out of regular enemies, which I right. had never seen 
in either of the games before that, like, ever. Like, I knew it was technically possible in Destiny 2. I didn't think it actually existed. <laughs> and, like, I, I mean, I'm still getting... It feels like it's even now, because, like, the the big thing early on in Destiny 2 was everyone's going, how the fuck do we get exotics? Like, we get, like, one a week from Xur, and that's what we've got. Right. Um, <laughs> and then it's like, there was that one week where I think they technically probably replaced prime engram drops for me because i didn't get any prime engrams that entire time i just got exotics <laughs> falling on the floor and then they did something and that stopped happening but i still can get one a week if i work hard like if i if i play enough an exotic will eventually drop on the floor which i think is better than do the nightfall and hope <laughs> <laughs> yeah god it's a good game it's it's good to have just a shooter i can go to and like turn my brain off and go run strikes uh i need to try that new strike that everyone's been talking about actually yeah uh, I, uh the the chasm of screams yeah um, it's extremely fucking cool like i i was very like <laughs> that skeptical is a terrible that, name um Thank you. I mean, yes it is you know it is pretty terrible <laughs> but it's it's like it's, it's there's a bunch of shriekers in it so you know it kind of makes mm, sense appropriate um yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I was extremely skeptical of it because, it, like, it's just the Savathun song strike, like, mm. re, a reprise of it. But they did yeah. a really good job. Like, it is super fun to play. Awesome. Um, yeah. And it's Excellent. like it's like really like it really requires like some some tight mm. play to to get through. So yeah, highly yeah. recommend. Plus, you get the thorn out Excellent. of it, and that's that's extremely good. Well, yeah, exactly. I'm part way on the quest for that, and. Yeah. I do miss the thorn. I know it's not. I know it's never going to be as good as it was uh, back when I first got it. Um, the so it's it's not, but the <laughs> the 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 new perk on it makes mm. it the old thorn. Like yeah, when yeah, when you have that perk active, it does seven like two uh, with the poison. Uh, yeah. the, the po- po- okay. poison ticks for seven. That's pretty good. Uh, which is <laughs> super powerful. <laughs> God, it's just if. It feels weird to me the difference between the current exotic quest and Destiny 1's exotic bounties. Because, like, I remember turning in bounties just hoping for an exotic bounty to drop as reward. (laughs) And then I finally got the thorn. I was like, they want me to do fucking what? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, what? I have to get get 500 void kills? 500 void kills in the Crucible. Death set you back. Hey, you know that really hard mission? Don't run away from it do all those waves and then a boss enemy spawns are like oh yep. god <laughs> like that, that thorn was built on blood sweat and tears so i didn't feel bad about two tapping people with it for about three months yeah but at the same time i felt a little bad but like th- this feels more balanced like you have to you have to play well to get that buff because you get it from killing someone with it right yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and thinking back of like the scattered inf- destiny information it's all like slowly piecing itself back together in my brain so yeah, if, if you if you kill someone with the thorn you can pick up a buff from their corpse to make the thorn better which yes. is cool and it kind of fits the theme of the weapon yeah it's and, it's, it's more or less yeah. works the same way that ace of spades does like you kill yeah, someone with the yeah. ace of spades the ace of spades gets better you can kill someone with thorn, thorn oh, gets man. better yeah yeah this is probably still not going to stand up to ace of spades because no, that thing no. is that ridiculous thing is but... <laughs> oh man but yeah, no, it's good. I'm looking forward to the future. I'm really interested in the next season, honestly. Like, Season of the Drifter hasn't fully pulled me in yet. I'm sure I will, <clears throat> mostly because it's focused on, like, something that requires a good internet connection Yeah. to really get the best out of. But, like, if the next season is what it seems and it's all about, like, exploring and finding these new secrets in the world, hell yeah. 
I'm I, yeah, so I, I've been here. There's been some uh, some slight rumors going around, and one of the ones that I keep hearing <laughs> is that the Leviathan uh, hmm. might be might be a patrol space in. Oh my god! And that would be so amazing. Good. I would love to be able to patrol around the Leviathan. Like, just you know, my my favorite patrol space in Destiny stuff. One was the Dreadnought. So yeah, let me patrol absolutely. around an enemy's ship. Like that's <laughs> extremely dope. Also, like the Dreadnought's still there. Can we not just go back for right. there as a patrol space? Right. Come on, it's, killing it's right me. there. I see. I see you, Saturn-based <laughs> map. Right. Come on. <laughs> just they just need to make all the Destiny One content and all the Destiny Two content, put it into one thing, then add a little bit extra and make that Destiny Three and say, here, this is all the Destiny. It's that's all my in hope. one spot. God, I really hope that's going to be the that's, case. Because that's that my be... hope for their their future oh. without Activision <laughs> is that. Yeah, they roll everything absolutely. into one big game, add mm. some new stuff, and just call yeah. it Destiny. Yeah, and I mean at that point it's basically WoW, but first-person yeah. shooter, right? So, which is all I wanted in the first place, anyway. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, uh, Destiny good. Hope, yep, Destiny hope good. It gets better. Yep. <laughs> uh, so we can we can stop talking about Destiny again, so Charles can say something. Yeah, Charles, you can untie yourself from the corner of the room with Sekiro. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I was, I was starting to worry that he wasn't actually going to come back. <laughs> it's fine. He fell asleep. We could we could have talked for another half an hour, but yeah. Oh yeah, you fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Just looking at the little clock in the corner of my screen. Yeah, right. <laughs> Charles, tell me about uh, tell me about Outward. Yeah, I'm a bit disappointed. Yeah, because the uh, the Twin Humanities boys really liked this game, right? To be fair, I've only played the very start. Um, I'd seen it before they talked about it and thought, hey, that could be a fun one to play with Odin, you know, go on an open-world adventure together. And then mm. they reminded me about it. Then I saw, I checked, I'm like, well, it's not out here for another month. But that's just the physical. <laughs> it's out digitally. So I was like, all right, we'll get it digitally. Um, and it is... It, it, it's hard. Like, we died... <laughs> There's no one complaining about easy mode and outward. <laughs> just, just saying. <laughs> um, I mean, fair. <laughs> like, we... It's too much talking for my... I, I'm just too impatient. Um, but mm. it's your classic Western RPG where it's just someone has to talk it, talk to you about everything and tell you all, uh, the, yes. all the lore, all the thingies. Um <laughs> That's fine. Like we're ready. To, we wanted just to adventure, so we got past the generic intro, joined in together. Mm. But then, because we joined in together straight away, like everything shared, and to leave the town, you got to get like a a water skin, and we only could find one in the village. And you'd need, it's a survival RPG thing, so you need water. <laughs> and so, like, we had to <laughs> kick Odin out. No, no, the game crashed. And so Odin's like, I'm like, Odin, just go find your one in your world, and then I'll warp you back into my world. And then we'll have two water skins. Solved. So that was kind of dumb. <laughs> but we literally walked straight out the front door, front gate, mm. fought, like, this weird wolf lion thing. Fine. And then I was like, there's some guys attacking you. And because I was on a menu, I jumped out the menu. And there was these two guards, like, just completely killed us straight away. Mm-hmm. We get woken up in a prison, like a, a, <coughs> a some kind of yeah, place. And there was a little note saying mm. that we we're going to be executed for our crimes. 
<laughs> oh god <laughs> okay but the door's wide open but like it's pitch black like it's night time we cannot see a thing <laughs> like and we had mm. had torches with our bodies before like bef- before we died but we don't have a torch we managed to stumble around this room can't not find about not about to find a door odin finds his backpack with all the stuff in my backpack's nowhere to be seen so i just lost all my money <laughs> I had like 65 oh, no. silver, all my weapons, oh. all my like, stuff, completely lost. Odin at least has his. Um, mm. We managed to find, stumble away through a, a doorway by just like running into the walls until we found the doorway because mm. it's that dark. <laughs> well, then we work out Odin should have a torch. He turns his torch on, it lights his game, but no, does no provides no light for my game, <laughs> my side. <laughs> What? what? Yeah. We're on... Um, you can play this game split screen, which is very cool, by the yeah. way. Like, the fact that they've done split screen is very cool. But we have two consoles, two TVs, so... In my mm. side, it provides no light. We walk around a corner, and we're in this, like, um, barricaded fort. So, you know, like a bandit... Oh, it's not a bandit. It's like the guards or something. I don't know. Mm. Some jerks who killed yeah. us. <laughs> we get killed straight away again, because, like... Though we respawned, we have 10% health. We die again. This time, we wake up back in that same plot space, same little prison thing. I guess it's trying to do what Skyrim did that, didn't they? If you, like, pissed off the guards mm. and they beat you, you woke yeah, up. Yeah, It's, it's doing wake that. wake up in prison. Yeah. Yeah. Again, my stuff, I'm naked. I've got nothing. Odin's pack, I think, is there again, like his backpacks. He picks that up. Mm. But luckily now, because time had passed, it's daytime. And so we could see how to get out of this dumb place. So we literally just uh, Benny Hilled it out of there. Like, there's like three, four guards chasing us. And so we just yeah. run around, me naked. Actually, both of us were naked because I don't think we were dressed up again. And oh, run out, and we're like, no idea where we are. You open mm. up the map. I'd worked out how to open up the map. And it just doesn't tell you where you are on the map. There's no indicator. And I'm like, well... This is dumb. <laughs> so, so we start just running, and then we find this purple area, which looked very pretty, by the way. Purple grass, purple trees, purple mountain. It was very pretty. Mm. Um, the graphics aren't the best in general, but it just did look pretty. And so we worked out roughly where we would be, but we decided we're like, all we know is we're supposed to be collecting money because we're being blamed for our grandma doing something, and there was a shipwreck that was at the start of the game, and because of that, we owe the villagers money. I don't know what that works. <laughs> but I'd lost all my money. Odin had less money because I extorted someone for 25 silver, so I had more money. <laughs> and you've got five days to do it and we're on day like three and a half <laughs> i've got did i have a weapon oh, i found a mace i managed to find a mace as i was running out of the the fort so we decided to run up this mountain get to the top and there's this giant crab thing that's like ah no so we run back and then it goes dark again so we're on heading onto day four and when it's dark it is very dark so we literally just ran I got to a point where I couldn't run anymore and I couldn't work out why. I think it was a cliff and it wouldn't let me run off it, but I couldn't see if it was a cliff or not. So <laughs> then we spent 15 minutes running towards, we worked out, and that's one thing that the lay of the land made us work out roughly how to get back to the, the village we started at. Um, 
So we were able to work out where we were on the map by observation. But boy, was that annoying. <laughs> and we got back to the village, and that was our first experience. We're like, hey, we're done. But from what I understand, what the Twin Humanity said, if you don't pay the 150 silver, you lose your house. So I'm guessing it's going to make okay. the game even harder, not having a like a, yeah. a place to go back to. Mm. So no idea what's going on there's no there i found out afterwards after we exited and quit for that night um that there is a tut- you can go play a tutorial which is weird for an open world game sorry so like actually- they just have like a tutorial out in the world like a quest that you have to find no no it's it's in the menu like at the start of the game oh <laughs> okay okay <laughs> sure like, i just did six you go start a new game like you don't i don't never look at the menu at the, the opening sequences um and so Odin, I said, Odin, that's your homework. While I'm at work, <laughs> you go play the tutorial and you tell me how to play this dumb game. <laughs> and you know, it's clearly made with PC in mind because the menu is just overcomplicated and not fun. They don't fit onto my TV screen, so I can't actually see what attack the weapons do because it's off the side of the screen. And I can't find a... a option in the menu to adjust it so it all appears on my screen like my house circle because it's not a house bar it's a house circle is like maybe one third off screen <laughs> oh and by the way the time i was running we were running in the dark from the mountain we're trying to get back to the village i had one pixel of house flashing <laughs> <laughs> like it was it. I'm like <laughs> like literally a pixel I was like I've got no health Odin he's mm-hmm. like look now nah, that thing's flashing and it's like one pixel was flashing like flickering red and white and I got back to the village and tried opening the door and died <laughs> the door killed me <laughs> oh, I don't I don't know how it happened but I died I'm like Odin I'm stuck on the door and then he came and realised that I was dead and I was just hunched against the door <laughs> <laughs> oh no so there this might sound fun because um the shenanigans were up to mm. but it it just wasn't like I, I i there's something there that could be fun but it was just too vague to start off with yeah um yeah. and not being able to see like what armor does because and weapons does because of the screen layout and there's nothing in the menu where i could see to adjust the, the screen size hmm is a little infuriating. Um, we'll give it a go. We bought it to make crazy adventure, like let's play videos. Like pl- the idea is we play for an hour and just edit down the down the crazy stuff. So hopefully we get a ten minute video out of this from the hour and twenty minutes we played <laughs> of just us running. I don't know. Um, we'll see. But Odin was keen to go on. A, I'm keen to go on an adventure with him. So we'll we'll, mm. we'll keep trying but i am a bit disappointed about how janky the game is the combat's not very good um over complicated controls like i don't really know actually what to do uh like attacking was a bit weird mm. and then there's like hotkey you pull the triggers and it does hotkeys but then I'd tell myself to like unequip something and then my guy wouldn't unequip it and it would sit there with like a lantern <laughs> in my hand. I don't know. Like, there's, there's a learning curve, but not the yeah. good kind of learning curve. <laughs> <laughs> but 
to be fair, they didn't release it at full price. It's not a full $115 game. <laughs> God, New Zealand. I know, it's always so wild when he says full price and then says that. Yeah, <laughs> to be fair, full price for me is like between $80 and $100. But... It's still 60 <laughs> well, here, man. To, yeah, to, yeah. Also, to be fair, they... they, they at the game store, they say 115, but like you always price match them down to like 95, 100. Oh, yeah, um, sure. Um, yeah. I mean, so, but like, hmm. yeah, yeah, so it's, um, yeah, so it, it is 30% cheaper than your normal new release full, like full game. Yeah, no, that's good at least. Um, yeah, but, it sounds mildly interesting, but yeah, I'm not too sure if it's for me. <laughs> Probably not, and it's usually not for me. But the adventure, going on crazy adventures with Odin, sounded fun, mm. and that's yeah, what appealed. Yeah. What appealed to him is he does like that kind of crafting survival, <laughs> and there is a there is a lo- mm. loose element to it. Like you have to drink and eat. Um, yeah, yeah. And there's limited crafting. It's he's like, oh, do we get to build like build houses and stuff? I don't think it goes that far. <laughs> I think it's mostly like yeah. tra- traps, and I think that's where it will get fun that there are you can map ball traps and and lure enemies mm. into them and and some of the the npcs in the town have some bonkers weapons like on them like this lady the first lady <laughs> sees got this like shining lightsaber broadsword like strapped to a hip i'm like okay that's what i want like i want that bonkers <laughs> over the top rubbish like can i have it now instead yeah. of this machete <laughs> like, i don't want a machete don't work for it. <laughs> yeah yeah that's me i don't want to work for it i want to just have this shining sword yeah. It's got potential, well, but I, I'm a, I am a little disappointed yeah. from my first get go. Yeah. Uh, well, I hope adventures go well, if nothing else. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> what else have you all been playing? For Brian hasn't played in. Oh, Brian, you've played Risk of yeah. Rain, or is it, have you gone? Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. I can I can talk about Risk of Rain. Um, yeah. I, I didn't know if Cameron wanted to talk. I was just waiting. No, no, no. <laughs> we, um, we, so have, have y'all played no. Risk of Rain 1? No. <laughs> what about you, Charles? So... Is it a game where you just were stressed about the chance of rain and whether or not to take an umbrella out? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> uh, should I? No, it's a... <laughs> <laughs> it's, a uh, it's a 2D platformer, like, ro- like really frenetic, like, action roguelike. Um, mm. that has like really good multiplayer. Um, and it's a game that I've really liked for a long time. Like it's it's been out for several years at this point. Uh, Risk of Rain has. Um, mm. and then a couple weeks ago, like or last week, I think it was. I think it was last week. It was like after we recorded the podcast last week. I was just uh on. I got an email from Humble, and it was like, "Hey, buy Risk of Rain two and get a second copy to give to a friend for free." And I was like. Uh, okay i didn't know risk of rain 2 was even existed um so risk of rain 2 is a third person 3d action platformer roguelike uh Mm. and it is amazing like the shooting feels really good um the like once i once i got the uh like once i got the hang of the combat like it's it's really like it's really tight and uh it's really uh, f- feels really good to move around the world uh, again. Uh, hit it, ringing that bell for me. Um, the, co- the 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 items that you get and the uh, the combos with the items that you can get are really really nice. Um, like I got a uh, a mm. 
a, an item that heals me when I'm standing, st- starts healing me when I've been standing still for a couple seconds. And then I got another item that heals me like as I'm moving around. So I just like had a constant heal going in that run, oh, more cool. or less, whether I was standing mm. still and like trying to do DPS to a boss or if I was uh, moving around. Um, and boy, like I haven't played a multiplayer yet, but if it's. 50% as good as the multiplayer in Risk of Rain 1. Like, I feel like this is a game I'm going to be playing for a long time. Um, I kind of fell off Risk of Rain just over the years as other games and stuff came out, but I, I look forward to putting another, like, couple hundred hours into this one. Oh, heck. Hmm. Um, I don't I don't know if it's out on consoles at all or if it's coming out on consoles. I'm pretty sure Risk of Rain 1 is at least out on the Switch and PS4, maybe? Oh, okay. Yeah, I think I've seen something for it on the PS4. But uh, I highly recommend both (laughs) games. Mm. If you haven't played them. So, have to check them out. I can handle a little bit of roguelike, but I I tend to get tired of repeating. What's the progression? Mm -hmm. Because you said roguelike. That usually implies that there is uh, an end goal or there is some level of um, upgrading or leveling. So the the only real progression that I've found so far is that you unlock other characters to play as. Mm. Other other than that, I'm not sure if there is any uh any like upgrading the characters or anything yet. Okay, and so is it just randomly generated levels? Uh, so it seems like the levels are all pretty much the same. Like it, it doesn't see this game is in early access right now. Risk of Rain Two is oh, okay. Um. It, it kind of seems like the levels are pretty pretty much stock standard. Like every time you're in an area, it's that same area, but like the layout of like where stuff is is different. Um, mm. I haven't I haven't beaten it yet. I've gotten pretty close. I feel like so it's uh, about getting better to beat the game, so you can beat the yes. game. Yes. Okay, that's interesting. I like that. Because you got like mm. um, what Ro- Odin turned on Rogue Legacy. That's why it's in my mind. Re- and- Okay. Um, and, and that's all about <laughs> that's all about dying over and over and repeating, but leveling up so you can then do better. Yeah. So this is not like that. Yeah. This is just you've got to get better. Yes. No. Okay. That's pretty good. Well, I guess that's exactly what Sekiro is. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Don't start it again. <laughs> right, like bye. to be fair, to be I never really thought about that, but to some extent. In between bonfires, Dark Souls, Bloodborne, and Sekiro are a rogue-like element. Yeah, they have some elements of that yeah, kind yeah. of mm. repeating until you get good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, interesting. Uh, Cameron, do you want to talk about playing Dwarf Fortress? I know you talked about talked about it yes. a little bit earlier, but <clears throat> let me clear my throat. Um, yeah, so. Uh, because I think a couple of episodes back, someone brought it up, uh, probably because of something I said, honestly, I think the person who talks about this <laughs> Most game likely. at this point, um, I, I booted up Dwarf Fortress again, I didn't download the latest version, pretty sure there's been a few patches since I last played, but I just, I just booted up and potted around, um, and, uh, it was, it was a pretty good time, uh. <laughs> so, uh, for those who don't know, Dwarf Fortress is... I kind of went into a little... It's sort of a super deep civilization-slash-Minecraft-style thing where you control a colony of dwarves starting a new city. Uh, But my favorite bit is right at the start where you 
decide how big you want the world to be and how old you want the world to be and you click generate and you go and make a sandwich for about 20 minutes um (laughs) come back and it's and it has generated the entire world what it looks like and the full history of every inhabitant in that world who has ever lived uh of every monster in that world that's ever lived that's ever still around and you can it's got like a like encyclopedia mode where you can click through the history and say oh what about this what about this elf who lived 500 years ago what was their name what did they like what did they do throughout their life how did they die and that kind of stuff that's super interesting to me that it goes into that kind of detail uh so i i just made a small world i made a fairly young world and there wasn't really anything interesting that happened in history there uh, then you set up your little expedition, uh, you pick some dwarves, you can give them some skills, you m- make sure to take some supplies with you, make sure you take some dogs, cats, and cows, because you need animals. Um, and then you set off, and it was really it was really fun to get back into a simple game. I, I have a fairly simple graphics pack I jury-rigged onto it, um, just because, like, like I said, I can't stare at ASCII symbols all day, because they'll end up meaning nothing to me. Um... <laughs> And, you know, it was fun. I'm still very bad at the game because I never got super into it. And I still use the, I believe it's called the Lazy Noob pack someone made, which has, a like, a PDF program that you can edit changes in there and it changes behaviors in the game for the dwarves, which is really helpful instead of having to find each one individually and open them up and say, hey, go do this instead of what whatever you're doing right now. Um... And yeah, I'm going to keep playing it and hopefully have some of the, like, the emergent story, which is the big thing with Dwarf Fortress, is, like, it, over its, over its years and years of development, it has had some really weird, wacky and wonderful things happen, like, um, god, uh, I think, I think the story people should always hear about Dwarf Fortress is the story of cats, uh, dying of alcohol poisoning, (laughs) which is, uh... I mean, it's confronting, but the the idea is it was fairly early in the game's development and the creators had just added taverns. Uh, so instead of drinking at home, the dwarves could now go out and socialize and drink. Uh, and as an unintended side effect of this brand new feature, all it was was a new room with some new dwarf behaviors to go along with it, was uh, everyone's cats started turning up dead in piles of their own vomit. Um... And eventually, it traced it back to, if you order a dwarf to do something, they take it, they take the, uh, drop whatever you're doing and come here literally, and will just take whatever they have and throw it onto the floor and go do whatever you've told them to do. So if you ordered a dwarf in the tavern to get back to work, he would take his mug of beer or his glass of wine, smash it on the floor, and go off to work, which, uh, relatable. Um, <laughs> uh, and this would leave puddles of alcohol on the floor. And the cats would walk through the puddles of the alcohol, and the creator really loves cats, so as an animal they have a ton of extra stuff they do that other animals in the game don't do. So, like, they have realistic cleaning. Like, in a previous patch a couple of years earlier, they'd said, cats clean themselves with their mouth, so whenever they clean themselves, whatever dirt is on them is ingested, and they digest it, and, you know, goes through their system like that. Uh, And so now, when cats were walking around in the tavern... They were getting alcohol on their feet, cleaning their feet, and getting drunk. Uh, That would all be fine. That's all working as intended. But the numbers were off, and so because it was tracking a value of one alcohol, it assumed that on each foot was a full mug of beer or a full glass of wine. (laughs) Oh, jeez. And so... And so the cat would walk through the tavern, sit on the sit down on a bench in the tavern, clean itself, and immediately go through all the stages of drunkenness up to and including death. Oh no! Um, 
That is very funny and very sad. Yeah, yeah. It was very funny, very sad. And the creator, after receiving some complaints, quickly went through this and edited. So the numbers were down to the point where now any cat in a tavern is definitely has a buzz, but is also not like choking to death on alcohol. Like, cause, and like, you know that they went through that because inebriation in the game has multiple states so you know first you get a little drunk and then you get clumsy then you get your inhibitions lowered then you get dizzy then you pass out and you can vomit and things like that and you can tell through the game's files you can go through yeah the cats did all of these things in about half a second because of the amount of alcohol they ingested because this game is weirdly into the minutiae so of course the animal's body weight is taken into account with regards to how quickly it gets drunk vis a vis how much alcohol it's ingested and stuff like that. Like That's phenomenal the, detail. The, the level of like I think the creator at some point said I'm forty two percent of the way to simulating existence or something <laughs> like that. But like <laughs> it always has these weird little things. Like there were there was a patch where carp, like your regular sized like goldfish sized carp were the strongest enemy in the game because that was the patch that added exercising to increase physical strength and swimming so is a swimming form of exercise, exercise. <laughs> and fish swim constantly even while they're sleeping and so every fish in the game was suddenly able to pull fishermen into the water and drown them oh that's amazing <laughs> <laughs> all kinds of stuff like that and, and like that's all technically working as intended but going a little weird and out of there um and then, and then there's the stuff that is just working as intended. Like there is a great story I read, which was um the Elf King of Dwarves, which is some dwarves adopted an elf who had a tragic backstory. Like his parents were killed by goblins or something like that, and you know the dwarven colony took him in. And this is happening in someone's game, and he becomes a hammerer, which is he's basically a fighter with a hammer. And then he gets the job of like the the corporal the corporal punishment guy. So he has to hit dwarves with the hammer when they do something against the local law, and eventually works his way up to becoming king. And like all this all this nonsense stuff happens. Like he fights off goblin invasions. He tames a dragon at one point, I think. Like this is all working within the game. There's a bunch of great stuff. Um, and but you know like uh the goal of dwarf fortress yes that's a great article the most ridiculous patch notes from 10 years of dwarf fortress um <laughs> the the best part of a dwarf fortress game is when you're having fun uh it's the the tantrum spiral it's known as which is dwarves are very irritable creatures and there comes a point where they've had enough and they just go nuts and start attacking people uh, so the game is like a balance of trying to expand your colony while also providing enough beer, food, and nice-looking furniture to keep everyone happy. Uh, and you know, it gets it gets it gets into a death spiral at certain points, which is what's happened the last five times I've played. Where <laughs> I think it was a cat killed a rat but didn't eat it, and so the rat started rotting in a corridor. The dwarf whose bedroom was next to that corridor couldn't stand the smell any longer, went crazy, picked up a hammer, killed his neighbor who then started rotting because no one realized that this had happened, driving the dwarf in the next room crazy from the smell, and it just... I, I didn't notice a dead rat, <laughs> and I didn't notice the weird miasma fog, because again, I'm not good at reading even, like, the graphics pack I've installed, and the entire colony went nuts and just murdered each other <laughs> over, like, poor living conditions. Um, yeah. That's, so, yeah. I, that's full yeah, on. Um, we should... 
we should definitely put this uh this article in uh in the show oh, notes. Sure. Uh, it, it'll definitely be there. Most ridiculous patch notes. Um, <laughs> I'd I'd love undead dwarf contracted the wear chameleon curse. Yeah, I, uh, I I just looked at dwarf fortress up on Steam uh, while you were talking about it. Yeah, uh, to just uh, put it on my wish list and the uh, mm, the availability definitely. note for it is time is subjective. Yeah, <laughs> which is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, so oh, it's it's, so it's not good. there yet. Um, it, it's not available on yeah. Steam yet. The, no, not yet. Is that what no, yeah. not yet. It will be coming. It yeah. will be coming. Ostensibly, sometime this um, year. But yeah, there, we'll there's, see. there's been, yeah, there, there's been a lot of good patches over the year. I'm a big fan of the early ones. Uh, 2005 was just fixed a bug where animals can rent rooms. Fixed a bug where animals pick out clothes to wear. Fixed a bug where mules shit luggage and cleaned up the bear situation, uh, which is <laughs> beautiful. Uh, <laughs> it's it's just. As a, as like the community around it is really great as well. Like people love this game. They love all the dumb nonsense that happens in it. Uh, there there was actually like a play by post style one where everyone would take a save file for a year and try and take over the colony. I believe it's called Boat Murdered was the name of the colony or something like that. Oh yeah. And the thing yeah, and the thing with that was it was just they settled in an area with extremely hostile elephants and. <laughs> instead of dealing with like goblins or werewolves or anything just every couple of years a herd of 200 odd elephants would come out and try and knock down the fort that they were building and try and murder everyone they they had to build this elaborate set of elephant traps in the castle gates and everything it was beautiful um yeah no it it's i like the depth of simulation because again it simulates everything really well uh the combat logs are kind of horrific to read because it's like you know, uh, the elephant struck shield dwarf uh, Nagrek or something in the upper thigh, bruising the muscle, tearing the flesh, breaking the bone. Like, there's layers of information. Like, you know, an attack will hit someone on the skin, then damage will pass through the layer of fat under the skin, into the muscle, down into the bone, <laughs> depending on how damaging the attack was and things like that. Um, there were, again there was this going back to patch notes there was a point where they added mouths as a feature and then immediately had to patch in you can't gouge someone's mouth out in combat because <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, it was an aperture on the face and before that the only one was the eyes and so obviously an, a person's eye could get gouged right. out in combat but you can't really gouge out someone's mouth um <laughs> all that kind of stuff i don't know it's a super interesting project and again i'm really happy to see it hopefully coming to a broader audience and it's really fun if you're okay with taking the time to learn how to play it uh which hopefully tutorials and mouse support and actual graphics will help immensely with for most people um yeah like check it out it's free as well you can download it for free just look for it online uh if you want to get it on steam you will have to pay for it but, uh, sure um it's a good game it's just so different to everything else, I think, is what's great about it. I've rambled on about it for long enough. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty cool. Mm. Yeah, de- de- crazy, definitely crazy. one of those games that I want to take another run up at at some point. Mm, mm. Like, it, it can be really difficult to get into, but like, I feel it is worth it. E- even if you don't end up playing the game a lot, getting into the community and reading about the game is always great. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Um... There's more to talk about, Vader. What's Legends Untold? Yeah, I've, I've never me. even... This sounds like the most generic video game title of all time. <laughs> I can't I know, tell right? you because it's untold. <laughs> it's not a video game. I'm stealing some of Richard's cardboard. Uh, it's a board game. It's a tabletop game. Uh-oh. <gasps> Amazing. 
Uh, this was a Kickstarter one that I that he the mm-hmm. developer guested on Richard's podcast uh, a while ago, uh-huh. um, and I was intrigued by yeah. the concept of it, and mm-hmm. I backed it and I got it last this last week. And, oh, okay. Oh, um, nice. Extremely detailed and complicated. It's a small box game, but uh, as I said on my Instagram post, it packs a big punch. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm on the Kickstarter box. right now. I'm seeing an estimated delivery December 2016. So. Keeping in the yep. tradition of good Kickstarter <laughs> delivery times. Yep, yep. <laughs> I forgot it had been that long. Um, it, it's expanded a lot since what it was originally in Kickstarter, uh, and mm. and they, you know, the box got bigger, but obviously we still get the price of Kickstarter. There's there's an expansion in which mm. I wish I'd backed for as well on top of this, um, but I've been in talks with the the developer, and I might be able to get a the that's still sent out. Oh, nice. Uh, they've, oh, good. they've got a distribution place in Australia that's holding on to extra copies. Mm. So I, I may do that. Um, it's, it's an adventure game, and that's what intrigued me. It's it's taking kind of the Dungeons & Dragons, but simplifying it into a quicker experience is what the original pitch was. But I've only had a chance to run through the tutorial campaign. They, they basically give you a... Mm. The, put these cards in the deck in this order, and then it runs through and explains through a scenario. And so me and Odin ran through that last night, uh, kind of learning the process of the the game. So I think the first few mm. times it could take quite a few hours, but once you kind of understand the flow of turns and actions, it will probably speed up. And so you can, the idea is you can do um, an episode or a campaign or a, a scenario, I think they call them, in, within an hour kind of thing. But it still has that depth of character development that you can have in, in Dungeons & Dragons. Um, yeah. It's 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 a card-based adventure game. Uh, so you have decks of cards that, that reveal what what you're coming across. There's also map cards, which I think is really, it's really clever. So you have like these little cards, and it mm. creates randomness in each time you play a scenario, because you may have 10 scenario cards, or like, um, not scenario, uh, map cards, and you have the starting point and then when you pull the next one it's, it's random and so but there's an entrance point and so you pop that that map card down and then that mm. that map new map card may have two or three exits and so then you choose yeah. which exit you go to and then you can backtrack and go down another exit and so it really has that dungeon crawling feel to it because mm. um do you're literally going through a dungeon and a map um but it, it's still random so it has that that replayability it, it, it's very very complicated like the books like the rule books like 50 pages long <laughs> so i've spent most of this week re- reading it but i think it's gonna be not like the whole week i mean listen, when i've had spare time <laughs> um mm. uh, but yeah it's some of the mechanics are really cool like it's hard to explain it at all but one of the things i really like is you have talents for your character and as you level up your character because you can play a a full campaign which continues your character with people um which is cool so you level up your talents or uh, provide abilities that you can use and you tap them when you use them just like you would in like magic the gathering like you turn it on its side and it's used but these talents also are your hit points rather than having a separate hit point tracker when you get wounded you have to turn over or what they call drain one of these talents. So then you mm. can't use it anymore. 
Okay. But that that also is your hit points. So if you lose them all mm. and get one more hit, then you're put unconscious. And I thought that's yeah. quite a fun way to deal with it because as you're getting hurt, it would be harder to perform talents or mm. like special mm. abilities. Like you're not going to be able to do this amazing rock climbing because you've got a broken arm, say. So I, yeah. I thought that was yeah. a fun kind of way to simplify hit points, but also have mm. a, a risk reward mm. element to it. Um, there's, yeah. So there's, su- really there's super like, like a, amounts of detail um to it mm. and nuance to the gameplay like going between one map location to another uh they have little markers uh, denote, uh denoting the the amount of light that is in that tunnel okay and so mm. you can choose uh a bright there's three three layers of brightness uh um fully bright um, a- um ambient and dark if you choose a bright one, on the roll, if there are um, to roll to test for traps, you get a plus two advantage because it's bright and yeah. clear. You can see. Yeah. But if if you end up encountering a foe, you roll a surprise. Um, roll three dice for um, to, to a surprise encounter, and so you get a minus two because it's going to be easier for enemies to see you coming because it's brighter. So I I really like that there is a risk, and there's there's an up and down, depending on what um what you choose, and it could be depending on if you're really quite wounded, you don't want to get a trap, so you don't want to go through in the dark because if you fail that you get in the dark, you're more likely to get um hit and damaged by a trap that you have no real say in. But if you if it's bright, you get an enemy and maybe hard to surprise them, but you have a chance to fight back. You know what I mean? Like. So you may, depending on mm. the, on where your health is at, what your 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 party is, and your different skills and talents, you can make a decision to suit what you think's needed. Um, yeah. So it's it's really clever. It is very complicated, but I think it's going to be quite easy to learn once you get put into practice. Um, but it, it, it's I think it's worth having a look at if you're into your tabletop games, uh, Legends Untold. Um, so I I, I, don't, I wasn't total clear on this. So maybe you said this and I just missed it. Um, are you playing this all probably. like solo? Uh, with Odin. Okay. 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 It can yeah. be played solo. Um, yeah. yeah. But uh, like like last night we ran through the tutorial um, with 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 Odin, and I think that's quite cool that they did that. Like they kind of there's a bit of flavor text. It's a set cards and mm. so you know the order and it does the dice rolls for you to show you different outcomes um but it was it was cool that they did that and i don't not enough games kind of do that with their the rules it's just kind of like they, they might have a tutorial scenario but they don't really explain the the ins and outs of it and it tell you what to do um so i thought that was quite nice that they they took the effort to make that um but yeah you can play one you can play solo four players the normal like one to four players but it does have room to uh, allow there is like a mm. side rule in the rule book saying if you've got added heroes then add this like for example you might draw a foe um card an enemy oh what's cool when you're encountering i think it's when you encounter foes there's a little icon on the the map card that you've just gone into you draw cards, the adventure cards, until you find a foe, which is kind of cool. So you'll like, 
draw you might draw three cards that are all like treasure that you put them aside and until you get to the enemy you fight the enemy then you get all that treasure or you mm. might get an enemy the very first card um uh, yeah. so i i kind of liked that um it plays with the randomness of what you can find you may have to fight and get no reward or you might fight an easy enemy and get a huge reward depending on the luck of the cards um but on the on the enemies there is little like icons for um so you might get giant spiders what we had last night and if you're playing uh three um the tutorial had three player three characters playing and so then you fight two it tells you for three players you fight two spiders and so then you have two health tokens for the two different spiders um if mm. it were four players it'd be three spiders and and so on yeah um which is cool because it means it's got variability if you've got friends joining in and it also has if you are playing a longer campaign with multiple scenarios one after the other and you're leveling up your characters if you've got a friend that just turns up this game night it's got rules to help you set up a character to create the correct level for them to join in with the the party that you've got um mm. oh, that's good um it, it it's not a superly expensive game because it is a small box game um i think i don't know what it's retailing to be honest i because it was kickstarted but i, I don't it's not going to be huge like some of these other like um what's that massive one that you and dave have Green kingdom Haven? death yeah or gloomhaven death is what dave and dave and i have i don't have gloomhaven um <laughs> but yeah they're very expensive but you get a lot with it there's all the miniatures this is a simplified yeah. easy to transport version of that kind of adventure type game yeah and that's what appealed yeah. to me when i first heard about it <laughs> looks um, like you can get uh <clears throat> everything that the game uh, that exists for the game so far for uh 60 pounds which is I don't know, that's like eighty good. bucks ish, and that—that's yeah. yeah, and that's um, if, I'm assuming that's the sewers and the cave set. If yeah, you're it's ca- at caves, it. sewers, and three boosters. There's a druid booster, an alchemist booster, and a treasure booster. I guess. Yes. So I got by kickstarting, we got the boosters as a an added bonus for free. Okay. Um, and I just got the initial caves. I it did really well, and the sewers were added on as an I think an add on afterwards. I think because of stretch goals, I can't remember. It's been a long time. Mm. Um, and I yeah. I had the choice to upgrade, but I I didn't because I didn't have the money at the time. Um, when that was offered. But yeah, um, yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. I might I might end up buying this. I might wait a little bit to hear how you continue liking it but it looks it looks cool mm. enough yeah and it's yeah. the cards are well made um it is very complicated as i say i'll re- repeat that but i think it's I have, I have an important question for you actually about okay, the cards go. go you said they're well made are they magic the gathering card sized i the standard cards are yes i believe them <laughs> um i believe so i will confirm afterwards because i have some yeah. sleeves because that's the same size as Yu-Gi-Oh. The same size as Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, like Yu-Gi-Oh is a little bit smaller. Oh, a little smaller, are they? Yeah. Okay. Um, I've got some Yu-Gi-Oh cards, and I've got some sleeves. Um, sleeved Yu-Gi-Oh cards. (laughs) Um, Do you you need me? Do you mean to send you a package of magic card sleeves with your katana? (laughs) I don't know. Um, I'm sure I can get them here. (laughs) 
I was while you guys were talking Destiny, I was actually just looking up um shipping of for for your for your lumps. Oh, yeah. We should probably figure that out, shouldn't we? <laughs> your pineapple lumps. We're doing some oh, side dealing along here, Cameron. Um Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's I'll I'll, I'll ro- it's a wonderful industry. Yeah. <laughs> I'll test I'll test um the sleeves I've got on them and let you know Brian afterwards. But right, they seem standard good. card size. Like okay. the the there are bigger cards, like the character cards are bigger and the environment cards are bigger. But they're I not just, gonna be handled. I fucking handi- love sleeving cards, Charles. <laughs> Fair mm. enough. But the the cards you're gonna be handling more you uh, a normal card size. Okay. To protect yeah. them. Yeah. Double sleeve those bad boys. Give them a nice shuffle feel. <laughs> <laughs> Nerd. Um what the sorry, I didn't say anything. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. Give it a look. That's it, I guess. I will do so. So I guess uh, I guess that brings us to the end of the show. Unless anybody else has got some secret secret games that they want to talk about that they haven't talked about it yet. Uh, don't think so. Not off the top of my head. Um, some late breaking news. Um, Mortal Kombat 11 has announced their newest fighter, which I only bring up because his name is the Collector with a K. Which I think is hilarious. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> and apparently he has, like, a backpack full of weapons and just pulls out random weapons to attack with. <laughs> okay, that's pretty cool. I'm pretty into it. I'm not, like, I'm not, I'm not a huge pretty, Mortal Kombat guy, bad. but uh, this is pretty hilarious. I was hoping he was going to be pulling out Magic the Gathering cards. Or that would also be dope. The Collector it sounds like a massive nerd who's just going to be pulling out... <laughs> Oh, it's just no. Brian with his backpack pulling out his sleeve. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> no. Oh my I tap land. <laughs> That'd be way cooler. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh no, I hate it. Why would you? Why would you put this in here? <laughs> <laughs> it's breaking news. It's bad news. Um, I'm not. Gonna, I'm not even gonna say what it is on the podcast, but I'll put. I'll put the link yeah, in no. the show notes. <laughs> Go for it. Um. So yeah, so let's uh, let's wrap this bad boy up so we can Done. Cameron mm. can get some more sleep, maybe. Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. I have, to be, I have to be teaching in like three hours, so I'm going to take a nap. Yeah. Uh. Uh, so Cameron, <laughs> tell me where people can find you on the internet and what other things you do uh, on said internet. Yeah, yeah, on said internet, uh, you can find me on Twitter at night underscore twitten. That's night without a k. Uh, I'm vague, posting about Sekiro and other things mostly. <laughs> um, uh, I, I do podcasts. I'm a fairly regular host on Monster Dear Monster. That's at Mon underscore D Monster. We discuss monster films, books. I believe we're doing a webcomic this week. Um, and that's me and Dave, who everyone loves, and Leonard, who everyone should love because he's great. Um, and I'm also a an actual full-time host on Realm and Ruin. That's at Realm and Ruin. Uh, we are a tabletop gaming podcast focused on Games Workshop products, so most like Warhammer 40,000 and Age of Sigma stuff, and that's me and Matt, who is technically a host on Dark Insight still, I'm pretty sure. Indeed. Uh, <laughs> he, shows up, he shows up every now and again. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's busy. He's got a baby. I don't blame him. No. Uh, yeah. Uh, so come check us out if you're interested in that kind of stuff. Uh, how about everyone else? I don't brain Charles. stops functioning at five thirty. Uh, <laughs> Charles, where, where are you on the internet? Vader Van Odin, as always. Yep. Uh, also at uh, 
at bad boy podcaster is his uh, is his new <laughs> URL. Yeah, <handle. laughs> yeah totally. <laughs> Um, Stop teasing, and you can find (laughs) you find me at Wade Brian R. You can find the podcast at Dark Insight Pod or at DarkInsight.net, where which is our website where everything is hosted. Uh, Mm -hmm. And on that note, I think we are done here. Yeah. So good night. Good luck. (laughs) Good morning. Good morning. (laughs) If you're Cameron, (laughs) go get some sleep. Please, God, yes. don't yeah, get up at I'll just, I'll just in the morning. this file and send it to you, and then I'll go to sleep. <laughs> I can wait. Well, I'll get it sending to you. I won't actually stay awake for the whole time. Right. <laughs> watching it upload. <laughs> Watch, <laughs> watching the circle very slowly, Phil. God, no, no. Get this exported, get it on its way, and then I'll go to bed. All right. Thanks for having me on, Absolutely. Everyone. You're I always, always welcome. Love, I love coming in. I'm, I'm never going to come in, like every episode because I'm, I can't do this every fortnight but no. <laughs> oh yeah pale blood <laughs> well you've come to the right place Yarnum is the home of blood in illustration you need only unravel its mystery but where's an outsider like yourself to begin easy with a bit of Yarnum blood of your own but first, you need a contract. Good. All signed and sealed. Now, let's begin the transfusion. Oh, don't you worry. Whatever happens, you may think it all a mere bad dream. He ties my arm off, but it feels like I've been shackled. And as the process begins, he lets out a cackle. I must admit, I'm quite flustered. What did he mean when he said it may seem just like a bad dream? But I get a rush of blood to the head. I'm quite woozy. I start to drift off unsure what he just did to me. I can only hope the process changes everything. If only I understood then how it would change my entire being. I awake and the floor is an ocean of blood. So dense and thick, rising up. Like a river flood, my heart starts to pound, emerging from its mist. A blood soaked werewolf licking its lips. With a twisted claw, it extends its hand towards me, but it catches fire and howls out in pain angrily. I feel a tug at my leg before I can wonder why. I'm swarmed by tiny creatures, all I can do is close my eyes. Pauvre muse, qu'as-tu donc ce matin